Hey there, you may already know my story from thinking that my life wasn't very valuable or have much purpose to transitioning to the belief that I am valuable and my life was created for a purpose and then starting to finally pursue my biggest dreams. And I have a feeling you might be on a similar path that you're wanting to fully believe in yourself and your quote unquote crazy dreams and have the confidence it takes to audaciously pursue those dreams. So if you're listening right now and thinking, yes, Janelle, that is 100% me, then I have something special for you. You see, I still remember the days where I cared way too much about what other people thought of me and was filled with uncertainty around what I was and wasn't capable of doing with my life. And looking back, I am certain that there is one thing that I wish I had known all this time. I want to share it with you to help you make the transition from caring way too much about other people's opinion of you to becoming a free bird, fully allowing yourself to pursue what you want. So I've created a free resource that lays out the number one thing that's getting in the way of you having that unshakable confidence and how to overcome it. If you're ready to commit to your personal growth and get real honest with yourself, Go to nextlevelconfident.com forward slash confidence muscle and grab this free resource. What's up? You are now listening to the Next Level Confident podcast with Janelle and A. If you are ready to challenge your previous ways of thinking and take action on the bold, purpose-driven life you were created for, you'll want to keep listening. On the show, we will vulnerably discuss finding your purpose in life, strengthening your mindset, building quality relationships, and prioritizing your health. I hope you're as excited as I am. Let's do this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Next Level Confident podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome Kelsey Kramer. This badass woman is a woman in tech, and she's an account manager at Cisco, and she's the Connected Women's Lead, which is an employee resource group and diversity initiative that promotes women in the workplace, specifically through two events, Women of Impact and Girls in Tech. Kelsey currently resides in Chicago, but Michigan will always be home. Go Blue! How are you today, Kelsey? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you. Um, So you guys, Kelsey and I connected through Frankie, my incredible, lovely husband. Um, And we became really quick friends. Do you remember when we first talked like on the phone, Kelsey? Yes, I do. It seems like just yesterday, but it was amazing. You're just such a great presence and it was an awesome conversation. So I'm glad that he connected us. I know. Well, I just know that you and I both like, I think the conversation turned into like an impromptu, like hour long convo. And even though we were going to talk about business stuff, because for those of you who don't know, I ended up speaking for Kelsey's Women of Impact chapter in Chicago. Um, But we ended up just talking about like dating and marriage and life. Like we just covered like everything. I think we in that did. one hour. <laughs> yeah, right away. I know. It was just like the very personal conversation, but it was so easy. It was great. Like you normally don't talk to those things with strangers, but um, you know, it was it felt like we were long friends. That's so, so true. I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, let's <laughs> go ahead and start with your story. Um, something you had told me leading into this podcast was that you never knew you'd want to work in tech until someone told you that you could shadow her and she ended up taking you under her wing. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was very, you know, blessed in life to have a mentor who worked at Cisco. Um, she is no longer with the company, but she was an executive there and um, is just an amazing human and woman in leadership. Um, so she had approached me um, when I was in college and I had never thought about the tech industry. You know, it's not something that ever came up or was introduced to me in high school or college. At that point, I was a junior. And, um, you oh, wait, know, she, quick aside, what did you go to college yeah. for? Oh, I studied psychology. psychology. I was actually interested oh. in going into medicine for the oh. longest time. And then everyone kept telling me, you'd be great in sales. You've got this personality, you know, that can't be taught and, <laughs> uh, would be, would help you be really successful in sales. And I, I wasn't really interested in it until I started taking an organizational psychology class. And my professor, um, in office hours had shared with me that, she had a track basically of like classes you could take through the business school, even if you weren't a business school student, um, that I, so I started taking intro to sales and marketing classes and I just really enjoyed learning about it. It was really oh. interesting combined with the psychology of how people think, how you negotiate, um, different leadership styles, all that good stuff. Wait, so, so how did um, you meet that mentor that like the woman who you met junior year of college, how did you, you and her end up connecting? If so she actually is part of my family. Um, oh, she cool. is my mom's cousin. Yeah. So um, it was just one of those things like she had never really brought up. I knew that she worked at Cisco, but I didn't really know what she did or what the company was about. Um, never really had a lot of interest in it. And she had approached me at one of our family Christmas parties oh. and said, you know, I really want you to come shadow me. Um, women in tech is just like a great field right now. It's a great place to be. And uh she said, I know that you haven't been interested specifically in technology, but you don't need to know the technology. Just come in and see what we do. <laughs> yeah. I think you'll be blown away. You know, I'm like, mm. I was like, okay, I guess I could do that. So um, on our like midwinter break, we had that at Michigan. I don't know if that's everywhere, but February we get, you know, two days off of school. So um, I went back to uh, Bluefield Hills where I grew up in Michigan and the office was in Southfield, like 10 minutes away. So I went to go shadow her and she introduced me to, um, someone who actually ended up being my first manager at Cisco for an internship I took the following summer. Um, but I just got to connect with a lot of people similar to what we're doing, right? Via telepresence and WebEx, um, which are the two Cisco video solutions that we had at the time. And um, it was just really interesting to like meet all these people from all around the world that she worked with and get to pick their brain on being in technology. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people what they don't realize is how rapidly technology is changing and how exciting that is. And to be in that field, there's never a dull moment. You know, there's always new and exciting solutions coming out. And so um, it was a good day. Like I really, I started to feel the impact that Cisco can make on other people. And I think that's why I wanted to go in medicine. I wanted to help people. And so this showed me a whole new opportunity and world where I can still make a difference in people's lives and their business and the success that they have. Um, just in a different way through technology. So, um, yes, yeah, so I got that internship and I loved it so much. I was in Raleigh, North Carolina for that summer. Um, I extended the internship actually for two weeks to take uh, like training classes with the incoming training program. And that was the program I ended up going into full time to start my career there. And eight, almost eight years later, I'm still here. So, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Okay. So, so many questions. So, when you're your mentor slash your mom's cousin first mentioned like, cousin, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you, you should get into technology. What was your first reaction? 
I mean, I probably made that exact face. I was like, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know anything about technology. You know, I'm not, I haven't studied it. I'm not interested in it. I, in my mind, it was more, I kept thinking it would have to be, you know, like she'd say IT and networking and something like what's a router and a switch. I have no idea what that is or what it does. <laughs> I'm not an engineer. You know, I am not interested in learning all the bells and whistles and like nerd knobs of stuff. So I don't know. I kind of was taken aback by it first and not interested, but you know, she, she's one of those people, she's had a very successful career. And so it was hard for me to, to look at what she was saying and say, no, yeah, you're like, give it a okay, chance, girl, you know? like, like you did something right in your life. So I will, I will hear you out. I will, you know, entertain the idea and check it out. But yeah, in the beginning, I was like, I know nothing about this. What, so what did you think you were going to do with med? You said something with medicine, right? Yeah. So I, I just love kids and I always wanted to be a pediatrician. Um, whether that was like going to med school or being a, you know, PA, I, I don't know, but, yeah. um, yeah, it was just always really interesting to me. I've always had an interest in medicine and health in general. It's still stuff that I like to read about and follow, but, um, yeah, it just kind of, I don't know, everything kind of changed for me when I started shadowing and I realized there's a whole other world of opportunity that I've never really opened my eyes to. And it's amazing. You know what, what you'll find when you just start looking around and talking to people. Yeah, totally. And like you said, like with your, um, with your mentor, it's like, you probably saw her financial success too. And I think as a woman, it's yeah. really empowering to have financial success because a lot of times we think, oh, once again, it's kind of like a, a maybe a man's thing, right? To, to mm -hmm. pursue financial success, but it's pretty, pretty cool. When you see a woman, you're like, okay, you're doing pretty yeah. well for yourself. Like maybe you're, maybe she's the breadwinner of the family or, you know, maybe she's right. on the dough and you're like, I kind of like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And the other great thing too, that I think is really important. Cause I think a lot of women, myself included have always been a little bit hesitant about the next step or what I'm going to do because, you know, we start, well, many of us who want kids are going to start a family one day. And so it was also great to see like she had two kids and, you know, she really never missed a beat. I mean, certainly, you know, she had to travel quite a bit for work, the higher up that she got within the company. Um, but she was able to, you know, make her mark. She decided she was going to work, you know, Monday through Thursday. And that was that wow. spend the rest of the time with her family. She was going to travel, you know, outside of those days, um, because that was important to her. And so I think, you know, it's certainly all a, a choice that you can make. Um, but I always really admired her for that. And it, it showed me that role model that, you know, you can have family and financial success and leadership success. You can have it all as a woman. And I think that's awesome. Come on. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can have it all. I love it. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know that that's something that a lot of women do struggle with. I think even just mentally, uh, there's kind of this subconscious belief or a limiting belief that women can't have it all. They can't have financial success and, and work their way up in their work world and have a family. And I feel like some of that must be like boundary setting is part of the the problem, right? Cause if you're, and some of it's the company, but like, if you're a workaholic, then yeah, you're not going to have any time with your kids. So then you become this either or scenario mm -hmm. where you're like, well, you're either going to work really hard or I'm going to have time with my kids. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Like, can, can, do you think people can just make a choice or do you think there are certain companies that support it better than others or how does that work? Yeah. I mean, I certainly do think that there are companies that support it probably more than others. Um, you know, and that could, I don't know if that's just one company being more traditional versus another. Um, I know Cisco obviously is a huge um, proponent of 
you know, working moms and parents in general. Um, they've got a lot of great programs around maternity leave, paternity leave, and then they actually give two weeks to grandparents as well. Wow. Um, so it's really cool. Yeah, they they definitely are, um, you know, big, they have a big focus on work-life balance and are big promoters of that. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think that, you know, when you have a family, I think that it's up to women and maybe we're afraid to speak up and speak out on this, but I think that it is up to us to say, you know, to our managers and our leadership teams, like, Hey, you know, I'm going to take this time to, to start a family to be a mom. And then when your kids get older, like I, you know, I want to be there for my kids. And these are some boundaries that I'm going to set for work. You know, I'm not going to be available during these hours. Um, you know, I know an, a recruiter actually who, um, she, she decides that between five and 7 PM, like that's time with dinner with her kids. She's not taking calls. She's not answering emails. She just wants to have her full attention with her family. Now that might mean later on at night, you know, she logs, I know that from my conversations with her, she'll log back in and answer her emails. But, you know, I think that those are all choices that we can make. And, and those are just actions that we need to set with, with our leadership teams. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. Just like your mentor who took Fridays off. I feel like so many people would probably think I couldn't be, you know, I can't be super successful and have three day weekends every weekend. And your mentor was like, um, I'm going to have three day weekends and I'm going to be super successful. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. I love it. Okay. So something you told me before this podcast that I loved is I wouldn't be where I am today without mentors and role models like you and countless others. One of my favorite quotes recently is behind every successful woman is a tribe of other successful women who have her back, which I love everything you said in that. That's so cool. So how did you find your tribe Mm -hmm. of women and have you ever had to deal with like workplace cattiness or anything like that or no? Sure. Yeah. Um, certainly there is definitely no shortage of that. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's like every, <laughs> on an everyday basis by any means, but I think that there's always going to be points in your career where there's going to be women who don't support other women. Unfortunately, it's just a true reality. You know, there's, there's some people who, you know, want to get ahead and are very competitive. And unfortunately they may view another woman as a threat. Um, you know, in those situations, I think you do one of two things, either you address it directly with a person and and talk through it and figure out how you can, you know, better work together and be better colleagues and help each other out. Um, And there's some situations where there might be women who don't really care about how you feel or talking to you about it or wanting to work through it. And in that case, you kind of just have to, you know, ignore it and just continue doing your best. Um, But I think it's really, really important to surround yourself with people who you know are going to support you you know, having sponsors who, when like you close the door, they're going to be saying positive things about you and looking for opportunities where you can get promoted in the workplace. That's really important. Um, Mentors are incredibly important. And I think that a lot of people don't necessarily distinguish between mentors and sponsors, but mentors really are the people that are going to coach you that you can talk to about pretty much anything, you know, on a personal level and know that that's going to be confidential with you. And they're going to help you work through that. Um, And then, you know, outside of work, it's just having, I think, good friends. You know, I have surrounded myself with a really great group of girlfriends. Um, I'll actually tell you this story. So I I had sent that quote to them. Um, But back in January, I'm part of this like nonprofit organization called Junior Council, and we support Lurie Children's Hospital here in Chicago. Um, So there's 16 of us that are on the board. And I think, I don't know, eight or nine are probably women. And so we were writing thank you notes after our snowball gala to all of our sponsors and partners. 
and we had been friendly throughout the year. I mean, like we were friends. We saw each other, you know, every couple of weeks, but we weren't necessarily getting together outside of junior council events. And I don't know how this happened, but we got to talking about dating and just like work and, you know, how to, how to be successful and how to help each other. And it just kind of evolved. And we decided like, why don't we get a group text together? So we don't have to just be in these meetings or have these things set up to talk to one another. And so um, it originally started with like dating specifically, we called it date update. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> we like all like, we were like new year, new us, let's go. We like downloaded dating apps that were sending each other like updates on dates that we went on. And then, you know, I don't know how it evolved after that, but we basically just started then sharing things about work that were either difficult or, hey, I've got this situation, how would you handle it? And started asking each other for advice. And we just became this really like tight knit group of friends. I mean, I can't even believe that it started in January and they, I feel like, I don't know how I lived my life without them being my best wow. friends before, but um, all of us pretty much have, you know, gotten some sort of like promotion at work or, you know, some people have left the company and taken on new roles. Um, most people are, you know, dating somebody now. It just, it, it's crazy how that all evolved, but I think it's having that group of women that you trust that you know will always have your back and will give you you know unbiased advice really I mean give you tell you what you need to hear not necessarily what you want to hear. hear yeah yeah and um so anyways over Thanksgiving I had sent them that quote because I really do feel that they are my tribe and I'm so lucky to have found them um but yeah I think just like getting involved and and talking to people and having those vulnerable conversations is really what helps you find that group of women that's gonna support you and always be honest with you. Yeah, totally. And I think what's cool about the story you just shared is that, I mean, I don't know exactly how old you are, but you're probably somewhere near my age, right? Like I'm 28. How old are you? 29. (laughs) So like, I feel like a lot of women by our age sometimes have that challenge where they don't necessarily feel like they do have that tribe of women or I think another challenge that people go through sometimes in life is like they have their friends that they had from high school or college, but then like everyone's life kind of goes different directions because some people had kids, some people are still single, some people are getting married and maybe people move and, and all these things happen. And so I feel like a lot of times by our age, not, not all the time, I mean, I don't, I don't know any percentages or anything, but I, I do hear a lot of my clients talking about feeling like they don't really have that tribe or like the tribe that they do have, they're not as encouraged by as they wish. So how do you think people can meet, meet new people or how, how can that happen at a later yeah. stage? Like, like later stage, quote unquote, but you know, like, right. 20, no, it's so 20, hard. So, you know, <laughs> I completely agree. I, I mean, I've gone through that, you know, a number of times after college, I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. I didn't, though I interned there, the people that were there when I was there weren't like the, the younger group, the group of people I would go out with that I would consider friends were no longer living there. So I had to completely start over. And then same thing when I moved to Chicago, you know, I had a couple of um, friends and acquaintances, people that I knew from college that lived here in high school. But, um, you know, I wanted to expand my horizons and like meet new people too. And it's really, really hard but you just have to put yourself out there. You have got to go get involved. I think now with COVID, that's probably a little bit more, well, a lot more difficult. Yeah. Um, but when we had like in-person events, you know, when I moved to Raleigh, I got involved in um, a 
like kickball league, you know, and, and met people that way. When I moved to Chicago, I signed up as an individual for beach volleyball. And luckily through that league, you were able to sign up with other people who signed up as individuals. So it was a little less intimidating because like you're all going in it alone. Yeah. <laughs> not knowing people on your team. Um, but you know, I, I clicked, you know, instantly with two of the girls and two of the guys on the team, um, out of eight of us. So like half the team, 50% of the team. And we introduced each other to the people that we knew in Chicago and that group just kept growing and growing. Um, and then I looked up junior boards to get involved in. I think that's a really good thing. Actually, if, if people are out of college or moving to a new city, um, and you're a young professional, like I highly recommend going like Googling junior boards in the area, you know, getting involved in nonprofit organizations. Um, because when you're there, you're going to meet people that are passionate about the same things that you're passionate about, you know, and that's, that's something that you can instantly relate to and start talking about. Um, you know, I was lucky enough that the one meeting I went to, we, after our like formal meetings, we went to the bar afterwards to grab drinks. And one of the guys came over to me and was chatting with me about where I was from, where I went to school. And when I said I went to university of Michigan, he was like, Oh, that those two over there went to school there. Can I introduce you to them? You know? And so it's just, wow, that was really uncomfortable to me because believe it or not, I'm like really introverted when I get out in groups of people that I don't know. I'm really uncomfortable. Really? And shy. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't guess that. So, <laughs> no, I don't think many people would. Once you get to know me, I'm an open book and you know, very extroverted, but yeah, I, I like, I'm so shy in, in groups of new people. So, um, that was very uncomfortable, but you know, it's, it's one of those things I look back on. I'm so glad that I did it because from each of those experiences, I have met friends or friends of friends that are now people I consider my lifelong friends and my support system. So, you know, I just encourage people to go out and try to find things to get involved in. And the more often that you do that, the more comfortable you'll become with it. Um, you know, networking organizations are a great thing too, for whatever industry that you're in. Um, I, I go to, I'm a, very faithful persons. Like I go to church and at my church, there's a young adults group. So I started, they would have, you know, a wine and cheese night once a month. So I started going to that. And then, you know, they'd have other events throughout the year that I just forced myself to attend and to go alone and figure it out. And, you know, just find, find my way into the group of people that's already talking and just, you know, get into the conversation and, and try to go from there. So I love that. And you know, something I, I totally relate to is like, sometimes going is like the hardest part, like leaving your house and just getting there. Or even now, if you, you know, any of the nonprofits that anyone looks up or any of these events, a lot of them are happening virtually and you can still mm -hmm. make friends virtually. Like I went to a, a, a Dwen event, which I'm not sure exactly what that stands for. I think it's, it's a Dell it's for like Dell. It's through Dell for entrepreneurs for women. So oh, cool. I, yeah. Those words are somewhere in the D-W-E-N. Dell Women's Entrepreneur. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but even there, like there is people chatting in the chat bar on the side and I was, you know, throwing in chats as well. And then different people would be like, connect with me on LinkedIn. And I would, you know, they would leave their thing and I would copy and paste it and add them on LinkedIn. And then we started messaging on LinkedIn. And so you can still do it even on the virtual world. But what I was going to say is both virtually and in person, every single time I don't want to go right before it happens. Yeah. I'm always like, no, no, I could watch Netflix. Like, you know, if it's at nighttime, everything, like, every other thing that's more comfortable yeah. for you. I know. Yeah. I do too. I hate it. It's so funny. But then once I actually just put myself out there, there and do it, I come home, I'm like, 
oh yes. my god I, that was the best thing I did like that was that was so great like yes. and you just start being able to do it over and over and over again try yes. to remember that feeling you had when you yes. came home and just go out there and do it again. It's like, it's like the gym, you know? It's like, you don't really want to yeah. go to the gym or you don't really want to work out, but afterwards you're like, yes, I'm so glad I did it. I know. Same exactly. feeling, same feeling. Oh, I love it. Hello, just in case you were starting to hit your mid-podcast lull, we're going to take a quick break from the regularly scheduled events to boost your energy and have a little extra fun around here. I'm going to ask today's guest, rapid fire questions and then we'll pop back into the conversation right where we left off here we go now we have gotten to the part where we do power hour rapid fire Ooh, questions let's I know. go it's gonna be so good <laughs> so good okay all number right one. hopefully i can think fast enough oh you will you're good you're good what is the best advice you've ever received hmm Oh man, I think it's almost similar to what I said. Like, be be true to who you are. Always be true to who you are. Who who told you that first? Do you remember? Um, I do. Yes, it was actually the same the same woman. That I oh no, that's my mic. <laughs> that I we talked good. about. All right, yeah, the same woman that I talked about. Um, uh, my my cousin actually told me that. So, yeah. Oh, cool. So cool. okay. What's your favorite beverage? Ooh, Coke. Coke. Okay. I have a blank <laughs> at my desk at all times. iPad. Ooh, iPad. Why do you have an iPad at your desk at all times? <laughs> because I, I use it to take all my notes. I have this app called Good Notes that um, one of my engineers, he's actually now the engineering manager of our team, but uh, he is always in the techno. And so he has tried out all the note taking apps and said it was the best one. So naturally followed his advice and I always have it. I always have it next to me because I just never know when someone's going to call and we need to jot something down. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. You're so organized. <laughs> amazing. Okay. What is a strange or potentially bad habit that most people don't know that you have? Oh, this is embarrassing. I like pick up my nails when I'm nervous. I do like, <laughs> it's just my thumbs. I just will sit there and do this when I'm nervous or stressed. <laughs> <sighs> That's okay. I, <laughs> I did um, a power hour on myself on one of my more recent podcasts. Um, if anyone's listening and wants to go listen to myself, interview myself, it got really weird. But um, that was <laughs> my, I, I'll link it in here. It's like the 10 ways to um, fight depression. I can't even think of what my exact title is, but we'll link it below. Anyway, I, my thing is popping pimples or like, um, picking at my hair. So I'm, I feel you with some of the really? picking tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. I know. There is something satisfactory about that. I know people think that's gross, but it's true. And I know that you guys <laughs> think it, you won't admit it, but I know you think it. Yes. <laughs> it it's, is oddly satisfying. It is oddly satisfying. It's so true. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, Kelsey, what book or podcast are you reading or listening to right now? Oh man. Um, let me go into this because I have a book club every month and why I see it's the rapid fire thing. I'm like, why I'm blanking on the name of the book. It's okay. I, um, I know we just read the week, so it's fine. secrets we kept. Ooh. We just finished that one. It's secrets very good. We kept. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is that? About? It's about, um, these spies during world war, I think it was world war two. Um, oh. but they are, they were secretaries. And so they got to sit in on all these meetings, but a lot of people didn't think that they spoke 
the language. Um, so they learned all these different languages and they would like go sit in these meetings and learn things and write them down and then bring them back to their country oh to like gosh. spy. Yeah. It's so it interesting. Wow, mm-hmm. I've never read a book like that. I'm so impressed. It's very good. It's by Laura Prescott. Okay. We'll link it below you guys. If you want to, if you want to yeah. go grab your book. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Favorite personality test, if any. Oh, I guess Myers-Briggs. I don't know if I know of any other ones. That's okay. What's your Myers-Briggs? <laughs> uh, oh gosh. Rapid fire. Oh no. I actually did get introvert for one of them, which I couldn't believe, but I think it's because I like, I talk all day, every day to people. And I think I just like that relaxing downtime at home. Uh, what are the other ones on there? Um, okay. So mine's an E N F J. So E is extrovert. So you'd be I, I, and then you could be an N or you could be a T. So I think. Sorry, that is oh, that's okay. Um, I know I can think of N and T and J judging. Yeah. Judging. Yeah. J or I P judging, perceiving. One. Oh, you got the perceiving. Okay. Perceiving. Mm-hmm. I think I was I N T P. I N T P. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that is off the top of my head, but I'll look it up after. See what see what <laughs> I'll they. Re- I'll retake it and then I'll send my I'll send my score to you and you can post that if you want. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, great. And I'm gonna send you the enneagram because that's my all time favorite personality test. I always want everyone. I like this whole podcast. I've been trying to figure out like what is her enneagram. So I'll send that to you. We'll see if I'm right. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Will you ever move from where you currently live? where? <laughs> Any idea? Um, I really want to end up in Michigan. Yeah. I just want to go home. Closer to fam. <laughs> it sounds really cheesy, but yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I love the city. I love Chicago. Um, I'll be here for my like young professional life, but yeah, when I'm ready to like settle down and have a family, I really want to be back home. Um, my whole family's there. That's where I grew up. Yeah. It's just a nice place, especially with COVID. I've been going back a lot and it's like a comfort thing. Yeah, you know? totally. So. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Last question. What is your best moment as a business woman? Ooh. I would say one of my proudest moments, honestly, was getting my promotion because it was so unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been getting involved in so many things. You know, I, I do have a lot of like proud moments in my career. You know, obviously leading women of impact was has always been amazing and brought me a lot of joy. Um, you know, when some of the big deals that I won, I think my favorite was probably with American Academy of Pediatrics because that was just so near and dear to my heart wanting to be a pediatrician. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think maybe it's just cause it was like one of the more recent things that happened, but happened in the midst of COVID and everything else where I just didn't think Cisco would be doing that or any company for that matter. And I remember my manager calling me and she, uh, she gave me the news and I, instantly started crying oh, because I it was just yeah. it, it was so touching to me. I was yeah. like, she, like oh, these are tears of joy. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm crying, crying because I hate money. She was so proud of me and I was just so grateful to her for fighting on my behalf to get that. Um it was just a really it was a really proud moment. It's just one of those things I worked so hard for. And so that was awesome. Wow. That sounds like a really beautiful moment. Thanks. Yeah. Good. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> oh, woo! That was exciting. I hope you are feeling energized like I am. Let's go ahead and get back to our regularly scheduled events. Okay, cool. So 
something that probably a lot of people who are listening already know this, but 76% of employees in STEM are men, whereas only about 24% of employees in STEM are women. And for those who don't know, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. So Kelsey, why do you think more women should be in STEM? Great question. Um, I'm a big fan of this. I'm very passionate about helping women get into STEM. You know, it is, it is such a growing field every day. Like I had mentioned earlier, technology is constantly changing and evolving. I think um, we sometimes do a disservice, I think, by promoting STEM, because I think a lot of people think about that as like, like you said, just science and engineering. They don't think that there's, you know, sales or there's channels roles or marketing roles within technology companies. It's not just, you know, within that realm of IT engineering. And I think that when you're younger and you're not exposed to all the possibilities and opportunities that you could have, um, you start to kind of put that compartmentalize that kind of put it in a box and think like, I, I, that's not really interesting to me, or I don't want to take those types of classes and you just forget about it and do something else. Um, I think it, the other thing that women see is there's other fields that are very heavily, um, populated with women employees and that, you know, they tend to gravitate towards like the female jobs, you know, HR, nursing, things like that. Um, but I, I personally love like working in a male dominated industry. I just think it's really cool. You know, I don't, um, some of my friends are, are, think I'm crazy for doing that, but it's just, you feel so empowered to do things. Um, you know, I, I, there's not really many men at work that try to, you know, keep us where we're at or at bay or anything like that. I think (laughs) there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities for women. Um, and you know, I, I wish that we started promoting at an earlier age, quite frankly. Um, I think that we need to start getting the word out, you know, when they're in middle school about opportunities. Um, I know Cisco started like a high school internship program to try to help, you know, young people in general, not just women, but young people get interested in STEM careers. Um, we have this girls in tech day that, you know, what is one of our events, the connected women's group where we bring in, um, middle school and high school girls, their third grade through seniors in high school. And just, we, you know, do raspberry pie kits and like circuits, you know, circuit projects with them and coding and just trying to show them that there's a whole realm of possibilities. And then we also did like a panel conversation with someone in cybersecurity. I did it for sales. Um, we had an engineer and it's just opening the door to, everything that you could do. And there's no limit, you know, it, just because you're a woman, woman does not mean that you can't do it or that you're not as good as a man at doing it. I think women are just as successful, just as smart, can be just as driven. Um, you know, they can, like I said earlier, they can have it all. They can have the family and the work and it's, you know, it's up to them to balance that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I strongly encourage women to, uh, you know, to step up in the STEM careers. I, we need it. Yeah, totally. And one of the companies that I work for or nonprofits is STEM Blazers and they're in Denver, Colorado. And I was actually on their podcast yesterday that's launching here, probably about the same time this podcast is going to come out. Um, But something that I love about STEM Blazers is if you're introducing the idea of, you know, women in STEM or girls in STEM at a young age, middle school, high school, it helps younger gals actually start to think outside the box, you know, like Mm -hmm. you don't have to just do, you know, the thing that you feel like you should do because you're, because you're a girl, you know, it helps you be like, huh, 
okay, I can do whatever I want, you know, and it helps break down those barriers, which I think is really important. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I love the phrase that, you know, used really too, is just like women can be a badass in the workplace, you know, like, don't be afraid of that. Don't shy away from that. Um, you can, you can do it. You can do anything that you set your mind to. I think that's, you know, I know it sounds super cheesy, but it's one of the things that my parents always instilled in me at a young age. And I just try to share that with every young girl or woman that I work with too. You know, don't be afraid to go after this next job. Don't be afraid to go into a STEM career just because you think you shouldn't or, oh, girls don't do that. Hmm. You know, break, break barriers, break the glass ceiling, you know, and, and just go for it. Come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, um, it. What about someone who's listening who like, maybe they don't love their current career, but they're, and they're thinking about making a shift but they're like, ah, maybe I'm too late or like, like maybe they're not in STEM right now, but they're hearing this and they're like, well, that this still doesn't apply to me because I'm too late. I got a degree in something else, or I'm currently have a different experience. What would you say to that person? Never too late. I think that, you know, I welcome them to reach out to me if they have any questions or interest in, in the field and just want to talk to somebody about what it's like and how to best prepare for that. Um, you know, there's so many things that you don't even realize how often you're using technology every day. I mean, you might not be an expert in that field, but you know what it is. You know how to use it. You're using it, I'm assuming, you know, in ways that you may not even recognize in your everyday job as it is. So um, I would never want anyone to shy away from it. Um, I think making career changes happens all the time. I know a lot of people who do it. Um, you know, it's, it's something that you have to prepare for, certainly, but it's not something that's impossible or that you can't do. Um, I think you just got to reach out to the right people, you know, do some research on your own too, and, and just try to learn as much as you can. I think the biggest thing at Cisco, at least when I've gone through, you know, I've been on interview panels. We, you know, while it's a nice to have for somebody who's in the industry, you know, to hire them, um, it's not a need to have, you know, we want people who are eager to learn. We want people, at least in the sales realm, you know, who have the, the right personality, the business acumen, but the technology stuff can all be taught. The specifics yeah. of, you know, what we sell can be taught. Um, so I'm less concerned about that and more concerned about, you know, the type of person that you're working with. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that, you know, people should never be afraid to make the change and go after what they want, especially if they're passionate about it. Mm, really cool. Thanks for sharing, Kelsey. That's good. Yeah. Okay. What is one successful habit that you have in your life that you believe more individuals should implement? Hmm. There's probably a couple. Tell us. Okay, I try yeah. to be really good about like time management. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's, there's, you could work endless hours, right? There's always going to be stuff to be done. Always. I think it's so important to be, you know, organized, know how to prioritize um, the tasks that you need to get done. And don't, I'm like guilty of this. And I try to, I'm so much more aware of it now. But, like, don't push off the stuff that you don't want to do and procrastinate on it because all of those things that you, dislike doing are just going to pile up and you're going to have to do them eventually. <laughs> and then you're going to do them all at once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that there's all, at every, like every day I always try to do at least like one thing on my dreaded to-do list. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and try to prioritize the things that are most important to get done um, during the day. And then, you know, sometimes at night I'm guilty of like working later hours just to get things done. Um, if I, you know, was on a bunch of meetings and things like that. Um, the other thing, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, the other thing I was going to say is time management and 
Well, one that you told me, I'll just help you out here for a second. (laughs) You said that you only set one alarm and that you've done polls on Instagram and that most people have numerous like snooze buttons (laughs) and alarms, but you have one alarm that goes off and you're like, I am in the vast minority (laughs) of that. Apparently I had no idea my, you know, I, yeah, it's just so funny. I had never really thought about it. Um, but my friends and I were talking one night and we were just like, oh my gosh, you know, how many people set more than one alarm? I don't, I don't even know how it came up, but you know, <laughs> it, I, I had said that I only set one and they all thought that I was crazy. I'm like, what? I think that that's normal. I don't know. I was like, I just set one and I get up for my day. I don't like setting multiple because then I lose sleep. You know, if you're right, like, you get disrupted, like you get disrupted in your sleep and right. Oh, I just snooze for an extra 10 or 15 minutes. But my whole argument is like, but then you're just, you, you could have slept that whole 15, 30 minutes, whatever it is. If you said two, three, four alarms every 10 to 15 minutes, you could have just slept through that whole time and woken up feeling refreshed and ready to go on the first one. But I'll I never love understand that. It. I love it. I love it. I do. I snooze one time generally for 10 minutes. Like my whole thing is like, get out of bed within 10 minutes of your first alarm. Although there's a woman named Mel Robbins. Do you know who Mel Robbins is? She's like a motivational Mm -hmm. woman. Anyway, she talks about doing what you do. Like the second your alarm goes off, you just get up. You're not supposed to do not hit snooze because if you hit snooze, you're snoozing on your life, right? Like you're avoiding Mm -hmm. other things that you should be conquering immediately. Um, And whereas I kind of agree I also really love cuddling with either my husband or my puppy. Like in the morning, it's all just like, like, I don't know. It's just (laughs) oh night. Like I love my morning bed. And then like Frankie, like open the curtains and we get some morning light come in. And I'm just like, gosh, the lighting is so perfect. And the covers, and I'm just like laying there, like thinking about how amazing life is. So I feel like it's not like in a way of dreading my day, but it's a, a way of like a ritualistic, like slow luxurious morning kind of thing. Oh yeah. No, that I totally understand. It I, that sounds like you're not really like going back to sleep though. You know, like people oh, people actually true. go back to bed and just sleep oh. until they try to go like try to sleep until the next one comes on. And then the next one know. and the next and you do hear about people yeah. who have to who set like an hour's worth of alarms. I know. Yeah. I think I would be more tired if I did that. But instead I just sleep in later and just get up on a later alarm. I don't know. I love it. I love it. I've done it my whole life. It's so cool. I mean, that's amazing. It's a good habit. Everyone listening is probably like, yes, such a good habit. So implement it. Um, My dad would probably be like, you didn't do that your whole life. When you were in school, he always had to come in and wake me up multiple times. But you know, since then it's changed. Yeah. It's okay, dad. Yeah. We're just talking about like now, not like learned now. Yeah. (laughs) Fine dad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Wait, I was going to ask, okay, so how do you keep track of your, you said for time management, how do you keep track of your tasks? Yeah. So I live by my calendar. Like Mm -hmm. if something's not in there, I will forget about it, which is really unfortunate. And I've made that mistake before and it's horribly embarrassing. Um, you know, if I'm supposed to meet up with somebody and I forget like, oh shoot, that was tonight. It wasn't on my calendar. I just list out everything on there. Honestly, I will leave stuff open, um, like free on my work calendar. If it's just like a task that I need to get done, but I still put it on there because then I get the little reminder pop up. Like, so like, sure that if, you, like you know, send you it remember, email. what if there's someone like to email, like you're like, oh, I should, I need to email that person. You I literally make a calendar. calendar invite. Yeah. To, but what if it's it only going to take you five minutes? I just put it in for five minutes. It's a five minute calendar. <laughs> That's so invite. weird. No, no, no. This I'm just learning. But, I'm learning. 
yeah, I'll put it, I'll put like a five or 10 minute duration of something. And if I, I, I don't know, I just like the little pop-ups and so it'll say like send email to someone. So I'm like, oh yeah, I got to do that. So wow, I go in and, that's and do cool. it. I used to be a, a big fan of like the handwritten notes, you know, like checking everything off or some right. satisfaction about like doing a little checkbox. Yes. Um, but I don't know. My list was just growing so long. So like sometimes in the day, it's just like the stuff that I know that has to go out that day. I'll just put on my calendar. That's smart. Yeah. Cause the to-do list, what I, I currently do what you're talking about. I, well, okay. So I've used Asana before. Do you know what Asana is? Mm-mm, what's that? It's like an app that if you have like a larger company, people use it for delegating tasks, but it's, oh. I mean, I use it just primarily for myself. Although I, for a while was using it with my podcast manager slash, um, social media manager, Sarah, I think, or maybe I was using it with Kate at one point. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but I didn't really work. It, I was like, let's just text. Um, but I was using Asana. So if anyone's listening, you could use Asana and you write in your tasks and then you like can check market and it's an app and it has like a little bird and a, a rocket ship that flies across and it's like, Whoa, oh my God. you did your task. <laughs> and you're like, yay. Um, but even then, for some reason, I love the pen to paper thing, but I totally get what you're talking about where sometimes you write down different tasks and some of them are more urgent, but if your list gets really long, it can get kind of lost in there. So yeah. I think I'm going to take one from your playbook and when there are urgent tasks that need to be done that day, I'll put them, even if it's only for a five minute thing, put it in the calendar. Yeah. It's genius. Thumbs up. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> of college students are women, and 48% of employees in the workplace are women, which is awesome. Ladies, this is proof that we are smart and working hard. But you know what's not so awesome? Only 29% of VPs and just 22% of C-suite executives are women. In male-dominated industries such as STEM, these numbers are even more startling. As these numbers state, women aren't lacking the knowledge, education, or ability to be leaders in the workplace. What many women are lacking is the competence to take on risk. Most of us have heard this one before. Men will apply for jobs they are 60% qualified for, yet women will only apply for jobs they are 100% qualified for. This type of stat also applies to women at their job, not willing to take on that new, unknown project. What she's lacking is the belief that her skills and abilities are not only quote unquote, okay, but are powerful and needed in the workplace. The Confidence Workshop is created to help women dig deep into their mindset and get to the root of this problem. If this conversation gets you as fired up as it gets me, we are now taking applications for this workshop for the ladies of STEM corporations. Please head to our website at nextlevelconfident.com to learn more about the confidence workshop. Okay, cool. So we have just a few final questions here. Um, one thing that you told me about that you always want to talk about, but no one ever asked you about yeah. is your faith. Um, yeah. And you said you don't necessarily share this with your colleagues or the acquaintances, but it's a huge part of who you are. So mm-hmm. my question for you, Kelsey, is why do you think that it's a challenge to talk about faith in the workplace and how can we change that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's just always been taboo. You know, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like, you don't, you know, you learn not to talk about certain things, money, religion, 
politics. You know, you uh, just don't bring that stuff up. Sometimes it could be with family at Thanksgiving dinner, depending on <laughs> sides that people are on um, or at the workplace. And so I don't know, I guess that's one of the things that I kind of was always taught like not to talk about, but it's crazy because my faith is such a big part of me and what I do, you know, I mean, I, I pray a lot about work. I try to be my best self and person at work. And, you know, a lot of that comes from like the Christian faith that I grew up with. So, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think like what we could do to change that. I guess, you know, again, it probably depends on the companies that you work for. I mean, Cisco's always been a huge advocate for, you know, having open dialogue and, and sharing those things and not being afraid to talk about that stuff. I guess I've just never really personally had a, uh, you know, dialogue where that's come up. I, yeah. you know, I mean, it, it's not like something that I ever get asked about at work and it's not something that comes up in normal conversation. And, uh, so unless somebody says something to me, like, Oh, I, you know, went to church with my family last week and I'll be like, Oh my gosh, what church do you, you know, then you start right, talking right, about right, it. Right. Yeah. But otherwise it just doesn't really come up. So maybe it's a matter of, um, us starting that, you know, starting to, to ask people those types of more like personal intimate questions to get to know them better. Um, and sharing that with each other. I mean, I, I think that we should feel comfortable sharing those things at work, but I think for some reason it's kind of been, you know, frowned upon or avoided. And maybe it is because it's just too, you know, vulnerable of a subject. People don't really want to be judged for the type of faith that they have or lack thereof. Um, mm. And maybe they're not comfortable talking about it. But I think that it is important um, because I think for many of us, it's just, you know, it's a part of who we are. Yeah, totally. I know that Frankie's talked a lot about that as well, especially within corporate America. And I know for a long time, like people would ask him, what'd you do this weekend? And he would kind of say a few things, but he wouldn't ever say church. And I know as his faith has grown, he now does say like, oh, I went to church this weekend. And I feel like, you know, even for people listening right now, whether you're a Christian or you're an atheist or you're, you know, Jewish or Buddhist or anything in between, um, you know, it's being respectful of each other's faith and also being bold of whatever we have whatever we believe in and, and being willing to share that. And then also being able to hear other people's point of views. Cause I think yeah. maybe the fear with, with Christianity is like, Oh, well, if I say I'm a Christian, then people are going to think that I'm judgy or that I'm, you know, a hypocrite or like, they're going to mm-hmm. think that I think I'm better than them or, you know, it's all these like limiting beliefs that we have, but like yeah. the, way, the way I feel about my or the faith. Catholic guilt. Oh yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, they like, don't want to, oh, ex- everything that you do, like, you know, it's just a, a tick mark on, you know, that mm. way to heaven or something like that. They feel that, you know, guilt or that Catholics are going to judge them or whatever the case may be. Right. Right, yeah. right. Like they don't want to be themselves around you because they're worried that, that they're going to be, you know, too messy or something like that. Yeah. But I guess what I think is like, A, being able to say like, yeah, I went to church this weekend. And then if someone's like, oh, cool, what church? Then that starts a conversation. Or like, if they don't care, they don't have to say that. You know, if you're like, I went to church and then I went and played pickleball and then I, you know, did this and then they'll just be like, cool, how was pickleball? You know? And like, there's no judgment if no faith conversation ever happens or doesn't happen. And then I think like, if I guess my thought is like, if I'm willing to say my faith, then maybe they're willing to share their faith. Like whether, even if it's different, yeah. I, res- I respect the difference, you know, I respect I everyone where they're at. I was just thinking that when yeah. you said that, I was like, maybe, yeah, maybe that's the, you know, way to start the conversation is start sharing 
those things about ourselves and hopefully other people feel comfortable enough to, you know, share the same things, whether it's the, you know, they went to church or uh, temple or synagogue or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Like, you know, whatever you celebrate or if you don't, then like you said, you don't have to, you know, say anything or talk about it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge though. Like I think it's, it's mm-hmm. something that, um, I mean, that's why we're obviously brainstorming ideas right here in front of, you know, in front of the audience. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, it's, I think it's just being willing to be vulnerable and that's just one little piece of vulnerability is being willing to share these private parts of ourselves and being willing to be open while we do it instead of mm-hmm. making the assumption, Oh, they're going to, they're going to think I'm judgy. Well, here's the thing. I know I'm not judgy. I know that I have an open mind. I know that I'm loving and kind no matter what anyone believes. So I don't mind saying something about my faith now that I've come from that standpoint because I'm like, well, if they think that, that's on them because that's not who I am. Right. That's a great point. I love that perspective. Absolutely. You know, we have to know who we are and be true to that. And, you know, if other people don't like it, then that's okay. But, you know, I always, I think the same thing. You know, I'm very accepting and loving of other people. And, I don't really care what your background is or, or religion or political beliefs or whatever, you know, we agree or disagree on. That's okay. You know, we're, we're all humans at the end of the day. And I think it's important to, you know, be vulnerable and share those things with each other. And that's how we grow our, our relationships together too. I mean, that's just part of being human. Yeah. So good. Totally. Okay. So if you could urge every listener right now to walk away from this podcast and take one specific action step or like piece of knowledge with them, what would it be? Yeah. I'm so glad that you asked that. Um, I really think that's so important to be our authentic selves. You know, I think that, uh, especially as women in the workplace, sometimes, you know, we're afraid of the labels that we're going to get, you know, she might have RBF, you know, any little kids are listening, it's a good time for your moths, but you know, resting bitch face for anyone who doesn't know that <laughs> acronym, um, you know, or, you know, that, that woman is so bossy, you know, she just keeps bossing me around. People would never say that about a man at work. That would sound so immature and childish, you know, like he's bossy. Who would say that? So I think it's really, it's just silly. And it's important to know that, you know, you're at the end of the day, being your true self, that's the best thing that you can bring to work. Don't worry about what other people are going to label you or think of you as, you know, you know, at the end of the day that you're doing the best job that you can and being the best leader that you can be, whether you're in a formal leadership position or on your team, you can always be a leader. And I think it's important just to be true to who you are and, and don't worry about the other stuff. Hmm. So good. Come on. <laughs> yes. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for being on the Next Level Confident podcast. You have been a light and a joy to have on here. You're wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Nell. I appreciate it. Great talking to you. Great talking to you too. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.